It would have been surprising to anyone who knew her that Rain would have given anything but a masterful performance at the inquest. Behind the saccharine image there stands an extremely able politician, a feminine but tough bargainer who is prepared to fight for the moon to get half, the Guardian had said of her earlier political career. Here was a woman who had been rehearsing her lines and managing her image for her entire life. Her first role was as the daughter of the globe's biggest peddler of romances, the redoubtable novelist Barbara Cartland, known to her millions of fans as B.C., who had, at the time of her death, written 723 books and sold more than 750 million copies worldwide. Barbara Cartland must have made for a strange and challenging mother figure. Publicly, the novelist fashioned herself as the fairy godmother of love. She dressed the part in negligee-like pink dresses, enormous hats, and sported geisha makeup, applying boot polish to her false eyelashes rather than mascara for greater effect. Privately, she was, by all accounts, a controlling, domineering figure in her children's lives, happily stating on many occasions that she'd rather Rain had been a boy. She later had two sons with her second husband, the cousin of her first. I was disappointed by having a daughter, she told the interviewer Dr Anthony Clare for his Radio 4 series In the Psychiatrist's Chair. I should like to have had a dozen boys. When Clare asked why, she replied snappishly, I don't like women very much. I think men are marvellous. They are the heroes in my books. Throughout her life, Cartland doted on her boys, as she had on her own brothers, and as her mother had on her father. They, in turn, worshipped her, always calling her Mummy, returning to the fold at very regular intervals. Her sons, Ian and Glenn, live at the time of writing at Camfield, Cartland's former estate. I despise men who don't run their own households, Barbara told Claire, seemingly without a shred of irony. Cartland's own mother Mary, known as Polly, had more than capably run her own household after the loss of her father, and Barbara similarly ran hers with a rod of iron, brooking no interference from either of her husbands, her sons, or Rain, for that matter. At least two of Cartland's three children were bullied at school in one way or another, as an indirect result of her own dominant relationship with them. Ian's miserable prep school experience was thanks in part to the fact that Cartland made him wear his hair long down his neck. The boys used to call me a girl. I put up with the teasing and bullying and kept my hair long just to please her. Later, Rain was bullied when evacuated to a school in Canada. Perhaps they didn't like the way she talked, said Cartland at the time, dismissing the bullying, which was more likely due to Rain having been homeschooled and unaware of how to socialise with girls of her own age. Matters between mother and daughter were no better at home. The mother-daughter relationship was always what you might call scratchy, says a friend who knew both mother and daughter. If man as hero was the prevailing trope in the Cartland household, then fantasy was the key to success. Barbara Cartland's emergence onto the social scene was a story worthy of its own leather-bound publication. Despite her lifelong insistence that she hailed from an aristocratic family, in reality her parents, Polly and Bertie, were solidly middle class. Born at her paternal grandparents' house, a pseudo-Gothic villa in Edgebaston, Birmingham, on the 9th of July, 1901, Barbara always said her parents would have preferred a boy. When, during the difficult birth, the doctor asked Bertie Cartland whether to save the mother or child, 
He reportedly expostulated. Damn the bloody child, save my wife. That's dead, throw it on the bed, my father said, was how Barbara described her father's reaction to her entry into the world. But, she added, I was determined to live. Born into a new century and a new Edwardian era, Victoria had died on the 22nd of January of that year, and Edward VII was now king. The world that Mary Barbara Hamilton Cartland emerged into was swiftly changing. A young MP called Winston Churchill gave his first speech in the Commons, the Empire versus the Boers. Oil was struck for the first time in Texas. The Commonwealth of Australia was formed. Chekhov's Three Sisters opened at Moscow Arts Theatre. U.S. Steel became the world's first billion-dollar corporation. The first Nobel Prize in physics was awarded to Wilhelm Röntgen for his discovery of X-rays, and a little-known English engineer called Hubert Cecil Booth patented the powered vacuum cleaner.